friends, Christy Teji here, your host for the Productive Passions Podcast. Let me ask you, is there something different you dream of doing, but don't know where to begin? If you're feeling suffocated, anxious, or you feel there's something different calling you, come along with me for candid conversations with people who have embarked on a journey to put their passions to work for them. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Life is too short to stay stuck. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Productive Passions that promises to ignite your enthusiasm for purposeful living. Today, I'm talking with Keegan Good, Chief Experience Officer for ZPods. In this episode, Keegan shares his passion for contributing to innovative solutions for the special needs community, which ultimately led him to ZPods. Listen as he shares his strategies for fostering meaningful interactions with individuals with special needs, the role sleep plays for all of us and why it deserves our attention, his belief in patience, empathy, and persistence as a virtue not only in business, but in the fabric of life itself. Join us as we explore the profound impact Keegan's work is having, not only in his own life, but in the lives of countless individuals and families. It's a journey of compassion, dedication, and the belief that making a difference begins with understanding and embracing the unique needs of others. Discover how Keegan is cheering for and shaping a brighter, more inclusive future for all of us. Keegan, welcome. Thank you for joining me as a guest on the Productive Passions podcast. Tell me a little bit about ZPods and what is your role with the organization? Absolutely. So the origin story is almost as interesting as the company itself, I think. It started out with Gary Kelman, who is the founder. He was working on a project, an Airbnb project, with a good friend of his in Florida who wanted to make a space that looked like you were on a Star Wars ship at his property. And he sourced some of those hotel capsule pods that you see overseas in China and Japan, things like that. And they finished the project. It looks great. I believe you can still stay there in Florida. But they had some left over and they had no idea what to do with them. So... They were scratching their heads, trying to figure out a way to sell these or give them away to whoever would want them. And one day they took them to a home show here in St. Charles County in Missouri. And they were approached by a mother who said, my daughter needs this right now. She has to have it. She is schizophrenic. She's on autism spectrum. She sleeps in her closet. It's a nightmare. I think this would help her. And they made sure to go out of their way to say, we can't prove that it'll help. We have no idea what this does. Are you absolutely sure? And she said, yes, please, I need this. And so on our website, it's actually one of the first stories that we told because at Z-Pods, we tell stories. And her name's Natalie. She went from sleeping two to three hours a night in her closet to 10 hours per night, overnight, immediately in the pod. And wow. so that was kind of the first light bulb. The second light bulb came when they had another pod at one of the events for Autism Speaks here in St. Louis. And they were getting a lot of positive feedback. And they met an individual named George Bailey. Well, George Bailey ended up becoming the president of Z-Pods for a period of time. Now he's taken more of an advisory role and we still love George very much. But he is a father of five. 
and three of them are on the spectrum. And so they had the unit here at the office and he brought his kids into the office one day and the more severe child on the spectrum, Joseph, got inside of the pod, closed the door and he didn't make a single sound. And that was the big light bulb moment. So that's when they started looking at the implications for helping children on the spectrum with this pod. Now, they were able to sell the rest of them kind of using that angle with autism. And we got nothing but great feedbacks from that. And we started hearing things from the parents that we were working with at the time. We want Bluetooth. We want more lights. We want this. We want it to be more durable. So we got to work. And that's kind of when they brought me on. They needed a salesman. I like talking to people. And I like shaking hands. And so when they brought me on, the Gen 2 Z-Pod, which is currently the one for sale, was only an idea. It was a CAD drawing. It was a file on the computer. And they were making the final tweaks, but they wanted to make those product improvements from the feedback we had received from those families, from those parents. And we did an initial launch, an initial product launch. And we started tweaking it a little bit after that. But that's how I came on. I actually received a phone call from a very close friend of mine I went to high school with. And he said, Keegan, I'm working for this group of entrepreneurs. They're helping special needs kids. I know your brother's special needs. They need a salesman. What are you doing right now? And I was actually doing, I was a full-line insurance agent and I was driving door-to-door to plumbing businesses trying to sell them commercial insurance. So I said, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm on my way. And that's when I met the team. That's when they brought me on board. And as they say, the rest is history. So this is a bit personal for you. You mentioned your brother. Can you tell me a little bit about your brother and what made you decide that this was the path you wanted to take? Yeah, absolutely. So my brother was a preemie. He was a twin. His name is Sean, twin to Margaret. Margaret passed away shortly after she was born, but because she held on for as long as she did, she gave him a chance at life, which is just a wonderful story in and of itself. But Sean has been a source of inspiration for me for a lot of things. He still gives me a hard time. He still kicks my butt and wraps me around every now and then. Wait, is he older or younger? He's younger. Two years younger than me. Yeah. But he can take you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He takes me all the time. He roughed me up just the other day. (laughs) But yeah, so he was a preemie. And how do I explain this? One half of his brain is essentially not functioning. So his primary diagnosis is that he has cerebral palsy and he's on the spectrum and he has sensory issues. The doctor said that he would more or less be confined to a chair for the rest of his life. He wouldn't be able to walk. He wouldn't be able to talk. And like I said, he roughs me around because he can walk, he can talk, and he's an absolute blessing. And when I was told by my friend that I could get into business helping kids like him, the answer was easy. Well, thank you for sharing that. So your title is Chief Experience Officer. What does that mean? What is it that you do to improve experiences for your customers? I'll expand on your previous question because I guess I didn't answer it completely. 
Right now, I am the CXO of ZPods. I started out as the sales manager because they needed a salesman. So I was making phone calls, B2C, B2B, anything and everything we could possibly get uh, because it's a new product, a new industry, new concept. Nobody knows what it is. It's never been done before the way that we're doing it. And as we evolved and grew, my role evolved and grew. So I then became the vice president of sales and now I'm the CXO. And there was some discussion about what the heck is a CXO. And we still have a small team. We've been growing, which has been nice. But the reason I'm a CXO or the CXO now is we understood that a lot of what I do is touch points with customers and the entire customer experience. So I'm the person that answers the phone. The phone number on the ZPods website is my phone number. So I get calls from parents every day, all the time, day in and day out, year round. And there are different stages. They want a ZPod covered by insurance. They saw it online. They have questions. Maybe it's an online company that wants to sell. Maybe it's a potential distributor. And I would guide them through the entire process, answer questions about the product. If we received an order, I would handle everything around the order process and update them with shipping information, send them over packets or PDFs, assembly videos. So a lot of what I did was very customer-centric. When I was promoted, I suppose, to CXO, that role made the most sense. That title made the most sense because my first focus and top priority and mainly what I do is anything related to the customer. Now, do you think your experience with your brother, having a younger brother that has special needs, contributed to your preparation for this role in talking with customers? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I said before, we tell stories at ZPods. And from my experience being his brother, my mom, she's easily one of the strongest women that I've ever known and will ever know. When you are the parent or the sibling or family member of a special needs individual, you can feel like you're on an island sometimes. And there's nobody around to help you. Isolated, you're alone. It's stressful. It's very hard. So when I can relate with a parent or a sibling or somebody that knows a special needs kid or adult, it relaxes them. It calms them down. It touches a special place in their heart, just like my brother touches that special place in mine. And the barriers kind of come down a little bit. And I can say, I understand what you're going through. I can empathize. Sympathy is a good thing, but empathy is an even better thing. And I'm very grateful to be able to do that. One of the things that I know from my own experience with family members with special needs is sometimes the family can feel on an island, feel like they're alone. And on the other side, people who don't have any experience with individuals with special needs don't really know how to interact, how to say hello or approach. If you could talk to those people who are well-meaning, who want to know the right thing to say, how to approach, what advice would you give those people? That's a wonderful question. It's something that I've experienced a lot in my life is people who don't know how to interact with special needs kids and adults. And the baseline that I want to throw out there for people is they're just people. They're like you and I. 
They were dealt a hand of cards that may be more or less advantageous. But at the end of the day, they're just people. And we need to talk to them like people and treat them like people. Because that's the right thing to do. So say hello. Shake their hand. Give them a hug. A hug is universal communication for comfort and appreciation and acceptance. So I hug my brother all the time. He may push me around even while I'm giving him a hug, but it's it's a universal message. So I, I wouldn't say treat them differently. Just go at it from a different angle. I appreciate that. And I'm sitting here as I'm listening to you kind of laughing about, not laughing about what you're saying, but smiling because isn't that like normal sibling interactions? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and there and, there have been times where I want to really get them, but I can't. And I know I can't and I won't. But yeah, that sibling rivalry and that sibling tension will always exist between him and I. Yeah. That's wonderful. So the other thing I heard you say is treat people with special needs just like anybody else. So maybe taking inventory of how I say hello to someone without special needs and remembering that and maybe even practicing it so that when I do encounter somebody with special needs, that I do the same thing. Now, I will say I don't typically walk up and hug people. Actually, I do. But sometimes that's met with a, who are you? Move back, girl. Yeah. But I think to your point, it's how would you interact with somebody that you come upon day to day? Would you smile at them? Would you say hello? Would you say good morning? Same type of interaction for somebody who has special needs. Exactly. And a smile is another universal communication for acceptance and respect and love. Smile and say hello. There are different kids have different needs. Something that I'm finding out in this industry, especially since we're sensory focused, is some kids have different sensory needs. So if you say hello and you smile, that may be a lot for them. But that's okay. You're doing your best and that's all you can ever do. And you have good intentions. And I'm sure there will be someone there with them to kind of, oh, well, he doesn't like that. He likes this instead. Or she doesn't like loud noises. Try whispering a little bit. And that's a better way to communicate with her. That's really good advice. Also, take cues from the people who are around them and who know them best. Yeah. I have to tell people that interact with my brother, oh, he doesn't like crowds. If there's too many people in the room, he'll get upset. So maybe one at a time kind of thing. But he loves people and he loves joking around and laughter is the best medicine and he's really good at giggling. So Sounds like he's a lot of fun. He's a blast. Might be be something you two have in common, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're blessed with wonderful parents and very supportive parents. And I wouldn't ask for anything different. Why is sleep so important? That's a wonderful question. And I think people need to do more research on why sleep is important. The culture, the corporate culture that currently exists is we operate off of stimulants. Caffeine is my favorite. And yep, I already had one this morning and I'm still drinking coffee. What I did while he was saying that was held up my stimulant of choice, which is a Celsius. Yep, I had one yesterday. Celsius in particular. Yeah. And by the way, Celsius does not yet sponsor this podcast. But if you know them, they're welcome to it. Yep, I agree. I have full endorsement for me too. But yeah, so the culture around 
important is we need to be stimulated. We need to be on top of our game. Early riser, late worker, wake up at 5 a.m., get home from work at 7 p.m., right? We need to put in the hours. And something that people are not remembering, so I feel like we were all taught this in school at some point, is our bodies are repairing themselves. Our bodies are resting. Our bodies are fighting off infections and a myriad of other things while we're sleeping. Sleep is critical to our health. And I know if I miss an hour or two of sleep, or if I'm up late working, if I'm up late doing things other than working, I'm crabby the next day. I'm upset. I'm not myself. I'm not operating at maximum capacity. And it can throw my entire day off. Sure. You're not showing up as your best self when you're exhausted. Exactly. Exactly. And something that I learned over time being in this industry, because I don't have my PhD in sleep medicine. I don't have an MBA in you know a related field. And so I'm learning as I go as well. And it's important to remember that sleep is important. And it's better to go to bed early and maybe not get as much work done than stay up late, maybe get a little bit of extra work done. And another thing that I've learned working in this industry is that when the kids aren't sleeping, neither are the parents. And so they're not as productive at work as they need to be. And when the children aren't sleeping, their behaviors, they're not necessarily themselves when they go to school or their day program. And it can be very hectic. So just an extra hour or two hours of sleep per night can be life-changing. And that's what we've been seeing so far. And we are talking about how important sleep is for us. But you bring up a very good point about how important sleep is for children. Children are drinking coffee. They tend to or seem to have this natural energy about them. But my goodness, you talked about someone earlier, the young lady earlier that's only getting two hours of sleep. How do you show up for life, whether you go to school or you're homeschooled or whatever that is, on two hours of sleep? It makes me think about all of our electronics, right? Everything that we're plugged into, and that's it, right? We're plugged in. Every night or whenever, we have to plug in those devices so they charge up and they will work at their optimal performance for us. We need to do the same thing. We need to charge. And so we don't have a plug that we plug in. The plug is closing our eyes and going to sleep. But the same for children. So what have you guys found for the children or older people, whoever's using the Z-Pods, what's happening to them when they're getting better sleep? Yeah, that's another great question. So our concept with the Z-Pod is enclosure. And it has not been proven in a clinical setting. I'm not going to make any medical claims. We're very careful about that. Sure. We do have clinical trials lined up. We're very excited about it. We want to prove our concept and get hard data on it. But these individuals with sensory needs don't feel comfortable in a traditional bed. And when they have that enclosure around them, they feel safe. I like to say it's a sensory hug in the same sense that a weighted blanket may make you feel more comfortable when you sleep. I always joke with my friends, They don't sell a 100-pound weighted blanket. I want to be suffocated. 
So when we work with these children who are not, they're sleeping two hours in their closet, they burrow underneath the couch or the covers and blankets. They sleep with mom and dad. They're co-sleeping. That's a huge one. When they go from that to building an individual sleep routine that is theirs and they have their own safe space, not only do they feel more comfortable while they're sleeping, they're getting more effective and more fulfilling sleep, which has numerous health benefits, but their behavior's improving. Their grades at school are improving. They're able to communicate better. I've heard from parents that, you know, Jimmy has said three new words this week that we've never heard before. He's making incredible progress in his ABA therapy. Things like that. It boosts cognitive function. It's just so good for you. And sleep is even more important for children, especially special needs kids, because while they're sleeping, they're growing. And we need them to grow. We want them to grow. I'm really excited to learn more about what you guys are doing and follow you guys, especially when those clinical trials start coming out. When can we expect that? That's an interesting question. Clinical trials, I'm finding out, are wildly expensive. We would love to prove our concept. We are going to prove our concept, but our top priority is helping the families that need it and making sure that our product is in the best position to do that. So that is our absolute top priority, is making sure the Z-Pod is everything it needs to be and everything that it can be. So a lot of our assets are going to that. So I want to get back to you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as I understand it, you are a certified autism specialist? Yes. What does that mean? So that is through the IBCCES which is a wonderful company that offers different types of credentialing for individuals and businesses and venues or places of business, locations. And they've been doing a lot of certification for hotels. The hospitality industry has seen the need to credential places of business that are hosting individuals and families for extended periods of time. It's been shown that Families with special needs kids tend to travel less because it's harder for them to travel. When I was a kid, we didn't go on vacation that often because my brother cannot fly on planes. He does wonderful and long car rides. But if we wanted to go to Disney World, we're in the car for 18 hours. And that's not the greatest thing. So we actually met representatives with the IBCCES at a trade show in Dubai the United Arab Emirates, which is a wonderful place, by the way. We had conversations with them, and we want to be that leading figure in the industry that I wouldn't say we're creating, but we would like to be trailblazers in, right? Enclosure, sensory, sleep. And our desire to be leaders in this industry led us to want to get certified and credentialed as a business. So ZPods is a certified autism resource, certified autism resource. And I'm a certified autism specialist. So we go through a series of you know, studying material. And then there's a final exam that we take as a business. And that I took as an individual to become a certified autism specialist. 
It's smart business. It's the right thing to do. What do we look for if we want to know if a business is certified autism resource? Yeah, so it's on the IBCCES's website, all of their certified autism resource businesses. Some key things to look for is anything sensory related. So I'll I'll give you an example. At my church recently, they opened a sensory room. So they have kids that are sensory seeking and then sensory avoiding. And so the sensory room kind of includes both of those things, that dichotomy. And I would look for businesses that are responsive to that, that provide those things, maybe a sensory room or headphones. There are a lot of children on the spectrum that avoid loud noises and crowds, like football games. So headphones would be a very simple, very cheap way to provide that sensory need that those kids have. And I keep an eye out for that. Obviously, parents know best. But like I said, the hospitality industry is becoming a lot more receptive to getting into the space because there's that uncaptured group of people that don't travel as often as everybody else does. I love that. I love to hear that. It's not something I had heard of before. But now I'm going to be looking for that. If anybody's listening who's involved in the hospitality industry that knows of places or organizations that are doing that, I would love to hear that. That's so important. As I mentioned, I have family members with special needs that also have to limit where they go or, you know, there's a lot more considerations. It's not just packing up the kids and going. There's other considerations. So again, I have to say kudos to those organizations who have already done that. And if they're thinking about doing that, I would highly encourage that. I want to step back for a minute and talk about you. So I want to ask you to describe yourself. If you could describe yourself in a few words, what would you say? Mm, It's a good question. Super quick before I answer that, I want to give a special shout out to, I believe it's Pittsburgh Airport. They have a sensory room. So I'll have to look into that. Yeah, that was wonderful to see. I really appreciated that. I went and checked it out. It was nice. But words to describe me, I would say gregarious. I love talking to people. Love meeting people. What's a little known fact about you? I can play the saxophone. Okay, so you're musical. Do you play it well? I like to think so. Do you play in a band? No, I used to play in school bands. I didn't do marching. I did jazz band. Jazz is my muse. I love jazz. So I would say that musically inclined, but I can't draw. So sometimes those go hand in hand. Musicians are very artistic. Not me. I'm still on stick figures. Can you dance? Absolutely not. Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay. So interesting. I also play, don't play, but I played saxophone in jazz band in high school. And I had a solo, which I was super proud of. Yeah. And I was also in the marching band. And that's because I saw the marching band when I was young. And they made these cool shapes. And I decided I had to be a part of that. So anyway, no wonder we hit it off so well when we first met. Fax players, man. It just happens like that. Fax players. Yeah. (laughs) We're cool like that. Yeah, it's a club. No one else is invited. 
<laughs> wait a minute, I'm also a violin player or fiddle, uh, depending on the music I'm playing. Anytime I hear a cello, I get goosebumps. I'm going to learn how to beautiful. play the cello next. I think you should incorporate, if you haven't already, a music in the Z-Pods. Already done. Already done. Yes. So is it Bluetooth? Is it find the music station on the FM AM radio? How is that? So we actually have a cassette deck and a Rolodex. Wait, in the- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> a cassette like back in the 80s where you popped it in and when the tape came out, you got your pencil out and rolled it back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know what that is. We don't have a cassette deck. It is Bluetooth. It is okay. Bluetooth. We want the kids to play whatever they liked. Yeah, typically, it's their favorite music. Our idea was meditation, rain sounds, the sound of a coffee shop. But typically, they just play their favorite music and they turn it up to max volume is what we found. And it's whatever they like. To answer your previous question, because I'm still thinking about it, I would say gregarious, musically inclined, and patient. Being a sibling of a special needs child has made me incredibly patient. And there's no one that is more patient than my mother, which is an absolute fact, in my opinion. She is an angel, and I have been blessed with the opportunity to learn how to be patient because there are a lot of people out there that are not. And it is a good thing to have. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's not that big of a deal. Life goes on. Nobody got hurt. It's a kind of mentality. You know, that's so refreshing to hear you say. I feel like we are in this world of hyper fast, hyper this. Everything is more, faster, bigger, smaller, better, whatever. It's more, 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 more. And the one thing I don't see as frequent as maybe I'd like to see or I think is needed is patience. So Mm -hmm. it sounds like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Not at all. Again, I'm very grateful that I've learned that. It's important. And I think we could get a lot done in society if we just slow down, ask the right questions, understand where people are coming from, and be patient. And truly listen, right? That's right. One of the best sales techniques is to say nothing and just listen. Noted. You wrote, over the years, I've wondered how the greats have been able to pull off the impossible. There seems to be an unspoken driving force in these individuals that propels them forward every single day. What drives you? Purpose. I have a purpose in life, and it may have not been as apparent to me before, but especially being in this field now, my purpose is to serve families like mine. I love that. I was going to ask you your why, but it sounds like that might be it. That is it. I remind myself of it every single day. It hasn't been easy. Starting working on, I didn't start it, but starting A and working on a company in an industry that almost doesn't exist or hasn't been done before or hasn't been refined yet is challenging. And reminding yourself of your why is very helpful very helpful purpose. The other thing I know that you do, because it's one of the first times we spoke, is you help 
with funding for the Z-Pods. And in the industry, in the healthcare industry, to get things approved, frequently they want to see the evidence. They want to see that research. So I'm grateful to the people who have been willing to share their anecdotal stories about how the Z-Pods have helped them, have helped their children to get better sleep, to be able to focus, to attend to what they need to. That's not an easy thing to do, that getting approval. How often are you having to help families get funding approval? And how successful have you been in that effort? The short answer is every day. We're helping families do that. It became apparent to us early on that we needed to find a way to make these as accessible as possible to the people that need it the most. That being insurance coverage and more specifically, state Medicaid. And it was very bumpy at first. Typically, Z-Pods, if it wasn't paid for out of pocket, it was paid for by a nonprofit or donated by a very generous family. Now we're at the point where we have the knowledge, we have the resources that we are providing families with everything that they need in order to get the process started. We explain to them how the insurance claim submission works. We give them the details they need. We answer questions that they have and we can be a facilitator. We don't do it ourselves yet but we can be a facilitator for that process. The cost may be prohibitive, but there are options for getting the cost covered. We've worked with Laughing at My Nightmare has been a very supportive one. They funded a few Z-Pods for families and it's been great working with them so far. I want to give them a shout out. And the Variety Children's Charity has been great as well. And they have locations all over the United States. Variety does. And if people need to reach out to you, if they want to, we'll have your information in our episode notes. But what is the best way for people to reach you? I typically receive many phone calls every day. So the best way would be email. Okay. I am married to my email. And what is your email address? My email is my first name, Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N at zpodsforsleep.com. And that's all spelled out. Z-P-O-D-S-F-O-R-S-L-E-E-P. Thank you. Tell me about the speech by Theodore Roosevelt when he was in Paris in 1910. Oh, the man in the arena. The man in the yeah. arena. That's so important my, to you. It is. Is My father showed it to me years ago and it's something that I reference. The Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt is revered as one of the greatest speeches a president has ever given. Apparently, the audience was completely enamored by what he was saying. And it's a reminder for me whenever I'm kind of down or I need reassurance, I need to be reminded of my mission or my purpose. So yes, the man in the arena and one of my favorite parts, it's a long speech, but one of my favorite parts from that speech is. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, 
who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. I love that. So in your words, what does that say? Dare greatly. Take the leap. Do that thing that you've been thinking about doing because you won't know if it will be successful or not unless you try. Dive head first. Right? Learn more. Failure is our best teacher that we have. But Keegan, it's embarrassing to fail. Who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares what anybody thinks? Get out there, fail, and fail forward, which is actually something that Gary says a lot to us here. Fail forward. What does that mean? What does it mean to fail forward? Pick yourself up, learn from your mistakes, and go at it again. An analogy that I think of is, let's say I'm a hurdler on a track team. And the gun goes off. We all take off running. Everyone gets over the first hurdle, but I trip and I fall. Am I going to lay there and give up on the race? Your natural instinct is to get back up and keep going. And so even if you trip over another hurdle again, or you finish the race flawlessly after that, you could still win even. But get back up and go at it again. Because eventually, it will work persistence is a talent, it is a skill, and it works. It's important to be persistent. So I will tell you, in each episode I've recorded so far, there has been a point in the episode where I want to hit rewind because I think it's such an important point. And I would do that here where you talk about persistence because so far I have not met anybody who tried something and knocked it out of the park first time. I'm sure they're out there and I'm sure eventually I'll meet that person. But most of the time it is trial that didn't work. And it's not starting from ground zero. It's starting from that lesson learned and then trying it a different way and trying it another way, refining it a bit, being persistent to get to that dream that we have podcast is all about following your passions and doing what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's critical when you are wanting to be more persistent, you have to have your why. You have to have your why. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to give up, throw my hands up and go take an office job somewhere and just chalk it up as well. I gave it a shot. But My brother's been having seizures a lot more often lately. And that's just a reminder. I have to keep going. I have to do this. There are other families out there that have it a lot worse than I do. And I have to do this for them. At Keegan, you're making a difference. Thank you for making that difference. That's so incredibly important. So I want to tell you personally, thank you for deciding to be persistent and stick with it. It's an honor. And it's my calling. One thing that I did while we were talking, I quickly peeked at Pittsburgh International Airport, and you are 100% right. They opened a first-of-its-kind sensory-friendly space that includes a real plane cabin and seating. I saw it. You saw it in person? Yeah, I went there and I saw that, yeah, they have a mock-up cabin 
And it's really neat. Actually, I never thought about that. Concept behind it is it's supposed to prepare the children, the special needs kids with sensory issues or any child with sensory issues, how a plane works, what the process is. And they have the belt buckles. They even have the vests and the little masks, the oxygen masks that come down from the ceiling. So you can kind of walk them through each step. So when they get on a real plane, they're more prepared. Yeah, it's not their first time seeing it. And if anybody's interested, the website is flypittsburgh.com. And from there, you can search to find the story about the sensory-friendly space that includes the real plane cabin and seating. So thank you for letting us know about that. And again, yeah, kudos to Pittsburgh Airport for doing that. And I challenge other airports around the country to do the same. Yes, agreed. Keegan, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. We will have your information in the show notes. Before we leave, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Yes, absolutely. I have some footnotes here. People are forgetful, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Do what makes you happy. Get rid of what you don't need. Learn how to say no. Don't sweat the small stuff, which I mentioned earlier. We all die in the end. This book ends the same way for everybody. So that lends to don't sweat the small stuff. And one of my favorite verses out of Genesis ends with, for out of the ground we were taken as the dust that we are, and to the dust we shall return. So don't sweat the small stuff. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. 